All right, welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. We are in our new lovely setting with our lovely, lovely set that is not complete. It's not complete yet, but it's it's coming. We have a very special project in the works. As we as we promised, you promised our viewers. I promised there would be new things coming, yeah. and they are in the works. But speaking of new things coming, I want to dive in and talk about something that is deep to my heart, maybe deep to you. It's important. It's important to culture. Are we talking a value? A value or something physical? We're talking the experience of going to the cinema. Ah, the movie theater. The movie theater is a dying breed, I fear. Because with today's culture of video on demand, Netflix, Amazon streaming, Hulu, all on demand content, you would think that cinema is dying down. Back in the day when VHS came out, it was the movie would be released. Ninety days later, the VHS would be released. But nowadays, cinemas want to—not cinemas, but movie companies want to release DVDs ten days after, twenty days after, some even same day on demand. Sometimes before, right? Yeah, they do the specials. See it at home before the theaters. So it's a shame that the business of the cinema that began back in the Paris back in Paris in the 18 1855 uh, 1895 it's been bringing tons and tons of money into the culture but it might be coming it might be slowing down now there's two sides to this there's no dedicated yes or no because every movie that comes out i feel breaks new records avengers just came out blew it sky high i saw it for a second time this weekend so you would think, well, is it dying or is it not? So I'm going to talk about both sides. So the first time that this fear of cinema dying came in the 1940s and 1950s in that era when VHS was a, was a thing. People would be able to watch movies at home. So who would want to go to the cinema? And you actually saw a decline in cinema viewers and ticket sales because people waited for it to come out later it was a new concept of course like if that happened today i mean i'm not buying vhs's i don't no, know about I, you no i don't think anyone is so since time has gone on it's been less of an important thing to do but we come up to now nowadays which now people have way more options it could be netflix it could be Am- amazon as i said on the van xfinity I mean, all your streaming platforms yeah i just saw black convenient. Pa- black panther is available on net uh on itunes and i feel like that's just barely no it probably, just came out in theaters i don't know a couple month or two ago right? yeah it's still in some theaters yeah it's still in theaters but it's already people can watch it at home if they haven't had time to go to the theaters so matt what do you think do you think the cinema is dying off well here's here's a big thing as soon as you said dying i was like well enter our extreme home theater setups because people have TVs that are huge today. We've talked about modular TVs. We've talked about projectors and, and stereo systems in houses, interactive theater experiences, all in the comfort of your own home on your couch, in your bed. You don't have to leave your house to see the quality that you see in the theaters. Because for me personally, I, there was a time where I didn't go to the movie theaters because, well, I didn't want to spend money and I could, 
not say steal online or find it online somewhere and watch it at home on a TV. But you know what? Going to the theater, that big screen experience is what makes going to the theater something special for me personally. But now people have projectors in their houses that are just as big as like a almost IMAX theater I've seen, honestly. <laughs> and like if you think of uh, ratio wise, like depending on how close you are, like we were um, we were like our TV downstairs actually broke recently and we were looking to get a new TV. And while looking, we saw a 60-inch TV on sale on eBay, and it's like, oh, 60-inch. That's We didn't comprehend how big that was, and we almost got it, but when we took the tape measure to the wall, that's a huge TV. That's 60 inches, yeah. So what's funny is I think there is a desire. There's always the desire for an in-home theater setup. People want to watch movies at home because that's where they're most comfortable. But there is a joy about going with the, some friends on a nice matinee or like a late night movie on a Friday night to go see the new blockbuster. Especially it's exciting when, when the theater is kind of packed and you're at like an opening night of a movie. That's, that's pretty special. I think opening nights are some of the things that are bringing movies back into like the cinema. Now, the problem is I still think movie tickets are way too expensive for what they are. Absolutely. Even and a what, student discount? Yeah. No way. <laughs> what's funny is the concessions are the part that makes the theater money. The drinks and but the snacks. Yeah. yeah, but I'm paying $13 for a movie ticket and you're not making profit off of that. Oh. It makes you think how much they're spending on the rental of the movie in the first place. So I personally hope that cinema stay around because there is something nice about going to the movie sitting in your favorite seat one from the i are you a back row or a front row guy a back row i i don't go near the front unless so you try to go as packed. far back as possible absolutely yeah i like i like looking at the top down kind of see like you like right in the middle the way i i was raised and how i always saw movies is you go in Right when you walk in, you kind of go two rows back from right where you walk in, unless it's at the bottom. Okay. But like kind of in the middle. But like yeah, I can picture front, the middle. front front, and then yeah. there's like the middle section. There's a front front, and then like an alley. So you go right in, and then like two rows. Did you say two rows? Like right behind the like if possible, like right behind the handicap seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit there. Best so it's seat. it's wide, so you're looking across the whole screen, correct? It, is that the idea? It fills your vision perfectly. Okay. So it's not too far forward or too far back. You're right. I guess being back too far, you get your your peripheral vision picks up a lot more than you would pick up if you were close. I'm sure there's a whole science to the movie theater. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little experiment myself and do that. <laughs> well, what's also funny is theaters are all like tuned to certain spots because of the surround sound. Some so some spots have better surround sound than other spots in the theater now what's funny though is i have have you ever experienced the front row seat movie i have in in south america actually i went to see black panther and <laughs> i had it was sold out and i had to sit right in the front on the front right and it was imax and the screen was so big that i was literally following the screen across just chasing the images because it was i was too close it was uncomfortable yeah on um on friday i believe i saw a movie Oh, I saw Avengers again. Yeah, second time. And wow, it it was it wasn't a full theater, but it was one of those theaters that you have to reserve seats. Yeah, which I'll get into later. But the reserved seats they were only available in the front row, and it's like, well, we'll just take those. And that was 
thank goodness it was a reclining seat so you can kind of lay back and that then reminds look me up at your i went to a, a showing that was i was stuck in the front seat and that's all that was left and we're like oh no but they were reclining seats and it made it better it did make it better now speaking of theaters with luxury seating now i think i couldn't find any evidence but i think that the fact that since maybe attendance is going down theaters are making the movie going experience more premium by removing half the seats in a theater Absolutely. and then filling it back in with reclining reclining leather seats with tables for snacks dinner we're talking movie tavern now yeah i feel like that is probably if movies are going less in attendance i feel like that's going to be more of a trend coming going forward and i i enjoy a nice comfy seat to watch my movie oh absolutely going when i i was skeptical before i ever went to the movie tavern i don't know if people or listeners have movie taverns or uh, an equivalent to like that the alamo draft house in the south exactly it's like the movie theater with not many seats reclining tables they bring you food it's a almost a restaurant kind of in a way yeah with a you tried to eat all your food during the 20 minutes of previews how can this be a good idea them bringing food in the middle of the movie kind of not that many people kind of squeezed in there but no it was actually every time i've been pleasant experience excellent the seats are so comfortable it's so much better than what it used to be i think they know they know when to interact with the customers yeah it's 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 all calculated well i can't wait to see another movie yeah me too i have I'm going to try. I've been going through my stack of free movie tickets this summer that I got just over the course of the years, but I always forget to bring them. And now I'm like, I want to go see a movie. I got my ticket. Free Let's movie go. tickets. What? Please explain. Um, do you get them for birthdays? Um, ah, I actually have yeah. a ticket that I went to the theater and the power went out. So they refunded us with a ticket that never expires and is valid for any movie. Nice. So I will be using that in the coming weeks, maybe oh, nice. to see Deadpool two. Deadpool two. Yes, that yeah. comes out this Friday. Oh my gosh! But Matt, that's why I have about our theater experiences. What well, do you have? Well, I just want to say I hope I hope the theater experience doesn't die. No, I I personally hope it will last because there was it was special because it's big. It's an event. You go there nowadays. People want comfort at your home. It's easy, convenient. We can't. I can't picture movie theaters going away forever. I can I can picture them kind of diminishing in, in quantity, but it's it's special. I don't want it to go away. Yeah, definitely. I want the prices to go away. I though. want the prices to go down. That would be nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the one thing that's nice about the movie tavern or any theater that you like buy food at is normally the tickets are cheaper because you also, but you're inclined to buy food while you're there. Yeah, and that's how they make the profit, like you said. Yeah, it's all a scam. It's all a scam. It's all a scam. Everything's a scam. Everything's a scam. So, Thomas, today, does your car have a keyless entry system? A keyless entry system? No. Meaning, can you press a button, though? To and unlock, unlock it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's that's one form of a keyless entry system, or a remote keyless system, RKS, for okay. short. Let's see, when you say remoteless, I think the Tesla, you walk to the car and it beep beep opens it the opens, door the yeah. handles come out okay that that's still a remote remote entry system that also happens to be a remote entry system or i'm sorry remote ignition system ah oh. so a remote um rki which is a remote keyless ignition 
Oh wait, is... our, our my one car has that. One it of does. our family cars. Can yeah. you press a button and it starts the car up? Yeah, it's nice and toasty in the winter. You know, you're walking back to Absolutely. the car. Start that engine going. So what is that? Like you said, movie theaters at home. Uh, you know, watching good movies. That's convenience. It's comfort. That's the same idea with car entry systems. You're looking at keys that can start your car. They can control everything. I know Tesla, you can get the app on your phone, control thermostat. You can summon the car. A lot of other cars have that feature now also. But uh, Tesla, to think, it's it's very modern. And you can do so much on the little key. And I think their key fob is like shaped like a Tesla. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's a Tesla car. And I think you hit the parts of the car that you want. On yeah, the like the trunk. You press the back or whatever. You know... Every car really has a form of that. Even my 2005 Honda Pilot has a remote keyless fob that can... I can't open the trunk with it, but I can unlock it or lock it or set the panic. That's like the bare minimum. The bare basic. minimum, but it still exists. So we first saw this this system um, introduced in 1980 on the Ford Thunderbird, the Mercury Cougar, the Lincoln Continental Mark VI, and the Lincoln Town Car. All very luxurious 1980 yeah, cars. The Thunderbird. Yeah, right? So Ford called it the keyless entry system, and it later was renamed Security Code. Security Code. Because there was a bunch of um, talk about, oh, no, someone can break into my car if it's just a remote access with radio frequency. But I'm going to talk about security in a minute. And then later on, Nissan came up with something um, in their cars, the Nissan Maximand and the Fair Lady, beginning in 1984. So this was like kind of the height of car. I actually looked at a vintage, well, maybe not super vintage, but it was 1980. It was a 1980 Life magazine, and I looked at the car advertisements in it, and they're just like Buick, Oldsmobile. They're the crustiest advertisements you have ever seen. Those are crusty cars. Very crusty. But they all advertise for these features of keyless entry. Um, power windows was like a new thing. Airbags weren't common in the 80s man goodbye i can only imagine the advertisement of you should buy this car it has airbags so when you eventually crash it speeding down the road you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah you won't die anymore well you know they had to change things there were you know, there were laws introduced different oh, time i bet in that life magazine you also saw cigarettes at absolutely cigarettes, yeah. yeah like i only smoke this because it tastes best or whatever and then you know nowadays you say you will die if you smoke cigarettes or you will die if you touch a cigarette you know? It was a different time. It was a different time, very different time. Also, I, I want to note a funny word, moonroof. We call them sunroofs. Do you call it a sunroof? I call it a sunroof, but I hear people call them moonroofs. That's kind well. of like an older phrase you don't hear that much anymore. I, uh, I think we should bring that back. Like, the ah, moonroof? I like that moon. I see your car as a moonroof. Very nice. Because it doesn't have to be a sun. It could be a moon. It could be a moon. You can a little make it more a space age. Yeah. Anyway. I wanted to talk, talk about key fobs today because there are some, every car has it nowadays. It's kind of a given. My mom just bought a new car. Hers is a pretty basic key fob, but I know a lot of cars have the just the fob where you can either stick it in the car in a little slot or you can just hold it nearby the car, like in the case of the Tesla, where you just have to be in proximity or not even in proximity. You can start it from you know miles away on your phone with the app or whatever, Yeah, which is pretty crazy. So that introduces a whole bunch of new problems with cars. And actually, I read an, um, a New York Times article about um, remoteless ignition systems being left on, and people have been dying because in their garage, they shut the garage door, carbon monoxide fumes fill the garage, eventually leading into the house when you're sleeping at night because you just got home from wherever and people have died actually more than two dozen people have been killed by carbon monoxide nationwide since 2006 after keyless ignition vehicles 
um, were inadvertently left running in the garage. Dozens of others have been injured, some left with brain damage even. Well, good thing the Tesla is not... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no emissions. So that's another thing to consider, I guess, for the future. Are we even going to have gas cars to worry yeah, about? Yeah, is this even going to be a problem? I will say, half a dozen people is not that many people. <laughs> no, but a lot of people have been injured by this, and it's a real problem that they've ignored. And then finally, the lawsuits are catching up where cars... Car manufacturers such as Ford and Nissan are in, and Toyota are introducing systems where it shuts the car off. If the driver's not in the car and it's running for 30 minutes, it'll not automatically shut off. Do you know the one car that has remote ignition, does it have an does it have an off feature from the remote? Could you leave the car running and then go inside and then turn it off? Yeah, I think on? if you hit the button one more time, it turns off. But it won't turn off by itself, right? Uh, I don't know. I haven't had it running that long. And that's good. Maybe that's a good test. And a lot of the cases have been with older people who buy nice new cars and they and don't, they don't understand it. the systems right. or anything. And they're not used to cars remote starting by themselves. It's, it's a crazy thing that's so new. So RKI, remote um, keyless ignition, is standard in over half of the 17 million new vehicles sold annually. So that's half of 17 million half cars. That's a, so that's that's a ton of models. Yeah, that's no that small amount the, of cars. Have the program. So drivers use a fob that transmits a radio signal, and if the fob is present, a car can be started with the touch of a button. So they don't even have to have a key anymore. So there's that factor, that human factor of touching the key and turning in the ignition. Do you have to do that in both of your cars? Yes. An actual key. I do also. I know people who just get in. You press the brake pedal, hold the button. Cars don't even make noises, which is another concern because it, sometimes you can't even realize that the car is on. Well, some cars are so silent as well that when they're in just neutral or in park, they're so quiet that you don't even realize they're still on. Maybe I've walked out of the car without turning it off and then realizing, but uh, I'm not going to admit to it. Not here, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about security, too, on key fobs, because that's that's a unique thing. And, and when it was introduced in the 1980s, people were like, well, is that going to be secure? Because people... Obviously, there's old school methods of breaking into cars, going under the window, sticking a hanger down the window, you know, all sorts of like classic movie stuff. Yeah. But with key fob security introduces like a new age. And it's basic. It's a basic technology in a sense, because it's just a radio signal, kind of like a say like a walkie talkie without audio, just a, a code. Yeah. That's so all it's it not is. a specific code. It's actually a process called hopping or rolling code. So the technology is embedded into the fob, and it provides a high level of security. It also keeps people from unlocking the doors of others accidentally in a crowded parking lot. So that's why every car is is unique. That's why you can't go to a lot and like click your button and go beep beep, and like four cars do it at the same time because every code there are trillions of combinations that it can be. That would be pretty wild though if that did happen. And you know what? I know in some cases that has happened, and there are specific models of cars in certain years that are prone to having um, weaker key system. It, and I'm talking physical keys. Like I know maybe like a two th- or 1999 or 2000 Jeep Wrangler key is whatever key system they used, I believe, was pretty similar. Because I know a buddy has one and he's like, don't try your key with mine because it'd probably open it. It's like a joke he has. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, some cars, I mean, it's a Jeep Wrangler, which has like a soft top so you can get into it anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But. Yeah, it's like locking the doors of a convertible. So there are trillions of possible combinations on the key fob. Predicting key fob transmission codes is next to impossible. Um, it's unlikely that a car thief can program a key fob to break into a car. And it's interesting because it's it's a real thing. We don't see that in movies where they're like, oh, 
we're going to make a universal key remote to break into a car. Have you ever seen that in a movie or TV show? No, it's not uh it's not a very common thing to do. It's kind of just a way of life. The only thing I've ever heard about stuff like that in modern day culture would be people hacking them in hackathons. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean that's a risk and if it's a signal that's being transmitted someone can replicate replicate it. That's yeah, just they can how capture the world it halfway. Works. A lot of them are encrypted in certain ways. You're seeing the signal get more advanced, more numbers, especially with more features. Yeah, yeah more features in cars such as the remote ignition, um, turning on the uh, thermostat, adjusting windows, opening windows. That was a feature back in the 80s that they they started to introduce not just the remoteless entry, but remoteless window access. So you could lower all the windows at the same time. I think there is like a key, like a a key fob uh, code for the Honda Pop for the honda pilot that my dad has that if the windows are open you can hit a certain like button and hold it for a cer- certain amount of time and then all the windows will close if you really? let them open or just like slightly all open a little bit to let in air yeah so it, there is a lot of like hidden easter eggs in these yeah thoughts, absolutely and people don't realize that when they get their cars like i said old people don't understand how it works at all which is why some in some cases people are dying from yeah some people are just leaving their car on the garage it could go to the extreme end but it's convenient but it's also deadly convenient convenience has a cost that's the moral of the story right convenience here. has a cost well i mean you can always take your car to a drive-in movie have you ever been to a drive-in movie i have well i went to a drive-in movie but i didn't sit in the car I sat on a blanket, which is which defeats the point. But it wasn't like a classic '50s style drive-in movie. Well, like, did the audio of the movie come through a radio? No, no. So I have not been to like a like a okay. real. Because I I went That's to something one. Special. I went to one this summer. My um, girlfriend who lives in Connecticut, she actually lives near an old-fashioned drive-in theater that we is pulled it like up. old school vibes or yeah. is it modern? We pulled up into one of the spots and then we turned the radio station to the local channel really and then transformers started playing out of the radio what do you what do you do do you leave your battery on so you can leave your car on or bring your own radio but we didn't have a radio yeah, so, so we kind of just left the car that could be good and bad but it it's cool be. that you can do that i wonder what they did back in the day yeah. Did they have the feature where you could click the key back and it turns off the engine, but the electronics are still going? Was Maybe. that a thing back in the say fifties? Who knows? I I guess you'd just have to mess around with a car that old. But hey, wow. Who knows? Maybe. Well, that's a goal of mine this summer to go to a drive-in movie. I actually really want to do that. I think there's one. There's got to be there's one nearby. N- there's none within twenty minutes. I can tell you that. 40 minutes maybe yeah i think so yeah we'll get, see a drive-in movie get a van filled with people radio a blanket <laughs> or two you know a van you could sit on top of the van i don't know or like back it up and open yeah, up yeah back trunk. it up open the back uh, yeah, pickup, tr- sitting in the trunk is the best that's yes. my favorite to do on, in a, the summer um, maybe like a pickup truck back that in absolutely now that now that's a drive-in movie experience right there damn okay now i'm thinking about it yeah <laughs> you know now the gears are turning but i think for now that's what we have this week for That's you what guys. We can, we can share with you and teach you. That is what you've learned. But hey, we've learned also. Definitely tell us your opinions on the future of the theater. We're curious to hear what you say. And also remember to turn off your car when you park in the garage, I guess. Yeah, don't, don't forget. Don't let those admissions die. keep going. 
don't want to be another one of the 24. But hey, those were two topics, and I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week. See you soon. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Topics.